Welcome to the Heat Observer podcast brought to you by the Modoc County Tobacco Policy and Education Program, California Tobacco Control, and the Health Education About Tobacco Coalition, funded by California Prop 56 and Prop 99 tax funds. I am your host, Michael Picot, and I am the Coalition and Community Engagement Coordinator and Media Specialist. Today, I will be discussing the ins and outs of tobacco retail license with Bill Hall. Hi, Bill. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on again. Great. Glad to have you back. I missed you yesterday. Hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So let's talk about the state license of 2003 and what goals it had. Well, back in 2003, the real issue was black market cigarettes being brought in to avoid the tax that the state of California was requiring. It had an old tax stamp on it. And too many, they were finding too many outlets were selling black market cigarettes. So they had to revamp the whole system, get rid of the tax stamp, and basically just require a license so they could have the ability to pull people from even selling cigarettes if the right ones didn't amount through invoice tracking and proper channels where they bought the cigarettes. So so they were just, it was a tax evasion. That's all it was, right? It was just tax evasion. It really had nothing to do with preventing youth access or stopping younger kids from smoking. So what were the penalties for noncompliance? Well, back then, they, I think they were looking at like $25,000 to $100,000 uh, in their in their theory that was going to put a hurt on them. And a lot of people it did, but what it really did was drive those same tax-evading black market industries to other areas. And such as right now, they're having to deal with Sequoia cigarettes coming out of Canada through the... Uh, Indian reservations that have their own access to uh, selling tobacco in their retail stores. So we're going to circle back to Sequoia cigarettes because I have that highlighted on my paperwork here. I was going to specifically ask you about that. We'll circle back to that. But what about stores that are selling non-nicotine products such as like vapes and liquids? Do they need a license? Do they need that retail license? At this point, they don't. Uh, we, We don't tell them that normally. Uh, because we like for them to kind of get the idea that that's just not a healthy alternative at all. So, but no, if a product does not have nicotine in it, it's not affected by any nicotine sales. Okay. Ordinances. So why do you think a local license is needed? Well, because of the basic loopholes of the black market state license, there's no teeth in a local jurisdiction not having uh, the ability to to watch out what's happening for their own community by having a local retail license now because the way cigarette companies work things with retailers, if you have the product and, and get the money off and it means you have to display and have the product for 30 days on your shelf, if you get a license taken away from you for 30 days and can't sell tobacco, you've broken your agreement with the tobacco companies as well as that. And plus, the perceived profits of which that retailer thinks they're getting by other means really influences the decision-making process. So if, if they break the law and they get their license taken away for 30 days, you said. Right. So then they've also, the, the retailer has also broken the agreement with the tobacco uh, company. Company, And so the tobacco company will then take their product back? Well, they'll, they'll basically penalize them because... They're paying those guys cash. And I don't mean like 
$50 here or there. I'm talking like two or $3,000 a month straight cash to the retailer, mm-hmm. not even to the company that the retailer works for. Let's say, Michael, you own a company that said uh, 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 Green Belt Convenience Store. That check was not made out to Green Belt Convenience Store. That check was made out to Michael Picot. Got it. Okay. So that's money in your pocket that doesn't have to be run through. The- so do you think that um, the local retail license is enough to drive change and prevent youth access to tobacco? Well, Is I- it enforceable? It's, it is enforceable. You just have to have the right tools in place to enforce. A code enforcement officer with the city of Alturas or the county sheriff's department would be great. I think what the big issue is going to be is, is really getting retailers to believe and educate, much like we had to do with AB 13 and no smoking in bars. A retailer really does not profit by selling tobacco mm-hmm. in its current state. And until they realize that, they're going to keep hoping to cater to the, to the 9 to 20% people that may buy tobacco versus the 80 to 90% people who don't and offer them better things to shop at their store. So the retail license can be incorporated into your business license. So when you purchase yes, a business license, you can purchase your retail license as well. Right. And instead of making it more, what we found is that when you do, when you do an ordinance and acquire a new license, you have to do a demographic and what it costs you to really do that. And because we only have so many very limited things, the cost of, of developing just ordering the forms and the certificates would be more than what we would collect and what the fee would be. And so the fees were so low, what we decided to do with the city was to just have another box that they check when they fill out their own business license. And if it was a toba- if they were going to sell tobacco, they got they had to pay an additional $20 or excuse me, I think it was a hundred dollars to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then it's like $25 extra a year. Okay. So let's go back to the Sequoia cigarettes. Tell me a little bit about them. Well, Sequoia cigarettes aren't available to every retailer in their normal, normal channels of buying product. Um, Sequoias are only available to native American, uh, commercial opportunities within their on tribal lands. So I cannot go to a local Rite Aid drug store and buy, and sequoia. buy sequoia cigarettes. No, because it's, the government has already banned all that. Okay. They have no control over what the Indian reservations do. And that's the big guy that, that was doing all these marijuana. He was trying to do the same with marijuana. And as you could tell in Alturas, it got raided same guy that financed all that, lost all that. Okay. So Sequoia cigarettes are mainly, well, they are only sold in tribal um, stores. Right. Casinos. Right. Tribal casinos. Anyway. Tribal casinos, so, yeah. Do they have the same tax on them? There's no tax There's no the tax on them. Okay, So so people that are living in the city of Alturas that do smoke, they're going to tribal locations to purchase these cigarettes. They're not paying any tax on it. Right. Therefore, we're not getting any any of that tax revenue. Right. So what runs our program, we're not getting any revenue for that. What fixes your streets, you're not getting any revenue for that. What pays for your educational stuff, 
nothing occasionally your department of justice grants nothing oral outreach nothing none of these things that help improve the wellness of our town get no money for because they're buying their cigarettes out there and i assume they do not have to have a retail license they do not they do not okay well very interesting so we have a different kind of hill to climb yeah i i think we do um Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I hope that explains a few questions out there. It does. It does. If you have any questions regarding quitting, you can go to our Facebook page and send us a message, or you can click on the message button on the podcast and tell us what you think. Your comment may be used in a future episode. As always, we will have links to the information in today's episode on our website and our Facebook page.